Uh, pleasure to be joined by the outgoing president of the BC Teachers Federation, Glenn Hansman. Glenn, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me, Shane. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, fairly serious topic, and I know one uh, very near and dear to your heart and taking up a large part of your attention these days, but I've noticed an explosion uh, from teachers uh, and those in the education sector on social media over the last week. Uh, they seem genuinely angry and frustrated at the government. A lot of talk about uh, what was won on the class size and composition front in the in the Supreme Court of Canada uh, being or attempted to be yanked away at the bargaining table. The talks, to the best of my knowledge, have been fairly civil uh, to date, but it seems like they've hit something of a bump, if not a wall. So you would know better than I uh, what's going on at the table and what's your level of concern. Well, normally we wouldn't be out speaking publicly about bargaining at this stage in the game. There's still six weeks left. The collective agreement doesn't expire until the end of June. But we're really concerned, and our, our members are, because they see the proposals and are able to weigh things themselves, that we have Minister Carol James and Minister Rob Fleming out there in public insisting that the Employers Association and government haven't tabled concessions when in fact they have. And unfortunately, what our members are reacting to are concessions that would remove each and every word of the class size and class composition and special education language that we won back through the courts. Not to leave a vacuum, uh, but to replace it with something watered down that's worse than what currently exists in about two-thirds of our locals. And so we hadn't uh, publicly commented on this until yesterday, but the fact that Minister James and Minister Fleming were out there denying that concessions were on the table um, meant that I had to give notification to the Employers Association uh, to say, hey, we have this provision or a protocol that allows me to speak if I give you a heads up at a time. And so here we are, because um, the fact of the matter is teachers for 16 years to get that language back. Uh, we were vindicated through all of our struggles with the previous government, and we are at a loss to understand why the BC NDP cabinet would have authorized the BC School Employers Association to table this sort of language. So either Carol James had some terrible speaking notes written for her, um, or she's fully aware of what's going on, but in any event, it is complete spin and gaslighting of our members to deny that there's concessions on the table. I'm still hopeful we could get a deal before the end of June, but not with these sorts of things sitting on the table presently. I know there's three uh, there's three points here that you're particularly upset about. Uh, tell me about the one that uh, that you're calling most egregious, which is Proposal E27. Why is that one so contentious for you? Yeah, well, there's the, the one related to class size is a problem because what BCPC is proposing are class size numbers that are worse than what currently exists in a fair number of our school districts, particularly the large urban ones, but also Kamloops. And I'm sure school trustees in those school districts aren't fully aware of how many jobs potentially could be lost in their school district if that language was implemented. Uh, but that's a problem um, on class composition. Not every one of our locals have class composition language, but um, what government and DCPC are proposing is to wipe out all those protections that guarantee small group and one-on-one support for kids in classrooms and instead just replace it with a pot of money. 
That's the sort of thing that existed when George Abbott and Peter Fassbender were ministers of education with the BC Liberals. And so it's another example of where BCPC and government are bargaining like it's 2014 instead of um, recognizing that Spring Over Canada has ruled. Teachers worked hard to get that stuff back. We've had 3,700 teaching jobs generated by that language, which is good for kids. It drives services into, into schools. So why would we want to eliminate those guarantees? For sure, we could tweak things and updates and stuff, but a wholesale replacement is not what we expected and is not going to get us closer to a settlement for the end of June. Now, I'm not at the table, but uh, I know uh, from what expertise I have that one of the big stumbling blocks or one of the big challenges was that uh, after that hard-fought court win, uh, the class size and composition would be, to a large extent, bargained at the table. Are these bargaining positions with flexibility, Glenn, or are they throwing them down the table and saying it's this or walk? Well, I can understand that uh, the employers might want to take a different approach or to discuss different concepts. But to start off in a position that takes everything way backwards is, um, is what our members are reacting to. I mean, we're looking around the province, and our approach is to say, where are there some gaps? So, for instance, in Port St. John, Prince George, and West Vancouver, our members there don't have any class size language from grades 4 through 12. And so what we're suggesting is let's put something in there. It's not the best of the best that we're proposing, but at least something comparable to the neighboring school districts. Um, and so we're proposing to create a provincial standard in there for our locals and school districts that don't have that currently. That could be sort of an incremental, uh, reasonable approach to try to address some of those gaps in services around the province, not to take what we have, uh, jettison all the language that the Supreme Court of Canada restored, and then kind of take the 3,700 jobs and smooth those out around the province, which would recreate winner school districts for sure, but also some pretty big loser school districts where they're losing hundreds of teaching jobs potentially if the employer's formula sort of prevailed at the end of the day. So, you know, we're not going to agree to things like that. Um, there's no deal to be reached with uh, proposals that wipe out all of our class size and class composition language. Um, or all the processes that we uh, reinstated around successful integration of students with special needs. And so why Cabinet would have authorized the Employers Association to start this problem. All of our proposals and all of BCPC's proposals are um, on our website for members to see, members log in, and so they're able to weigh, the, uh, weigh those things themselves and... Um, are actively phoning their MLAs and sending them emails and so to get replies back from Mr. James and other cabinet ministers denying that there's concessions on the table and simply framing those things as changes that are, quote, good for students, good for teachers, and good for education is completely disingenuous. Okay, so we've got a, we've got a pretty good sense of uh, your frustration here. So give me an idea where talks are at currently. Uh, I assume bargaining is still going on, but you guys are upset about this. At what point, if it hasn't already, Glenn, at what point does it hit a wall and uh, things become more serious than they are right now if they're not serious now? Well, we're prepared to bargain through the summer and into the fall. Um, we may have to start proposing dates with that regard. I mean, we're not in a rush. Um, we would rather sort of keep things as they are now than... Uh, 
they go to something that's worse. And so, you know, really, we're we're not in a we want to work towards a good deal where there's improvement um, spread over a three-year period of time. We get that you can't solve every problem under the sun in a three-year deal. And so if there isn't a reasonable deal to be reached before the end of June, then then we'll just have to spend some more time on that over the summer and into the fall. Um, but um, I am convinced that it is possible to reach a deal before the end of June. Um, but that's going to require the NDP to give BCPC some new marching orders and determine who's in charge. Uh, we can't have the Employers Association negotiating like they were in 2014 when Christy Clark was Premier and when Peter Fassbender was the Minister of Education. You know, like the NDP can do way better than this. They were on our picket lines in 2014. Dozens of current NDP MLAs were always tweeting out about their support for our battle around class size and class composition, calling out the Clark government for um, appealing the court decisions and fighting us tooth and nail every step of the way. And so what I'd say to ministers out there is to drop the spin, get engaged with what the employer is actually doing at the bargaining uh, table in their name and and make this happen because we can get a deal before the end of June. And the sad thing is, you know, Minister James and Minister Fleming have been doing great things for public education. The new school announcements, seismic upgrades, making sure that there's money there to pay for the 2,700 teachers that have been restored to the system. That's good. That's great stuff. Um, So why squander that goodwill and have the same fight over the same things that teachers have been defending and um, almost for two decades now. Last question, Glenn, Where, where's the red line for you? I mean, if talks are progressing now and everyone's still chatting and we've hit this speed bump and there's obviously some frustrations boiling at the table, uh, but where does where do things ultimately get serious where you say, okay, we've, we've got to walk away or, or potentially things take a nasty turn? Like, if is it the red line if they say, we're, listen, we're not flexing on this. This is the deal, you take it or leave it. Is, is that the red line for you guys or no? Well, I don't, we're not at that point yet, but I mean, we don't have to give up what we've learned back through courts. And so at the end of the day, there has to be an agreement. And, and there will be an agreement at some point. You know, we'll, we'll work through issues associated with salary. We'll work through some of the other cost items. But given the amount of time, emotional investment, financial investment, money lost, due to being on strike or, or locked out over the past 15 to 20 years, teachers aren't going to be giving up those things. And, um, you know, how much, how many gains we make or how many holes we're able to fill, you know, that's negotiable, negotiable but we're not going to backslide. Um, and our members aren't going to ratify something that involves a backslide, especially after such a long period of time and such an investment of energy. And so, the government's going to have to kind of wrap their heads around that. Um, it could be that the average cabinet minister or the average NDPMLA doesn't actually know what's going on exactly. Um, and it could very well be that Minister James and Minister Fleming don't know the particulars either. But, you know, they're the ones out there who are saying these things publicly. And uh, I wish I wasn't out here today having to comment on this. We were quite happy to be letting bargaining do its thing behind the scenes. But we do have um, many, many dates booked between now and the end of June. 
Um, there were uh, about 60 days in total bargain, uh, bargaining dates scheduled for um, early 2019 through to the end of June, which is good. Um, it means that both sides are motivated, but we have to have something meaningful to talk about, and it can't be confession-based bargaining. All right. Glenn, appreciate the time. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, Shane.